0: Welcome to the Style Stories podcast with me, your host, personal stylist Lisa Gilby. This is a podcast that discusses style, image, and fashion. I share practical tips and tricks to get that elusive capsule wardrobe and cut through all the overwhelming choice in the shops. I believe style is ageless, and finding your personal style is one of the more joyful things you can do in life. Join me weekly, and sometimes some fabulous guests too. If you're a lover of French style and you like dressing in a bit of an elevated, casual way, then you're going to absolutely love this week's episode. I'm joined by the fantastic Lucy Robinson, who runs the brand Aurelie. She's going to tell us all about it. This is a real lockdown success story, and these are some of the stories I'm sharing. I'm a big champion of independent labels and entrepreneurs, really like myself, who were knocked down a bit in lockdown but have made a huge success of what happened to them. And Lucy did a real pivot. She went from working in travel PR to setting up this website, selling beautiful French clothes. Her story is really interesting. I hope you enjoy it. And just to say at the beginning, I get the name of the brand wrong. So apparently this has been done by Lisa Snowden as well on live TV. So I'm in good company, a bit of a mistake. Ignore that faux pas and enjoy the show. So this week on the Style Stories podcast, I'm welcoming Lucy Robinson from Oriel. Now, this is a small... Aurélie. Aurélie, see Listen, <laughs> I do get... my pronunciation is not good. Aurélie. Aurélie, I've got it, I've got it. And this is a lockdown success story. So I'm inviting small labels and small brands onto the podcast For my relaunch to talk about what happened to them in lockdown and hear their story and hear the success story. Also, I'm really, really interested in smaller labels, sustainability, rather than the big boys, you know, stack them high, sell them cheap, follow the trends, all of that. I'd rather hear about these labels that are created from love and created by individuals. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story because obviously. The pandemic was a huge curveball for all of us. No one could see it coming, and all of a sudden, everything closed down overnight, and a lot of us had to reinvent ourselves. So, what's your story? So, what what were you doing when the pandemic hit, and how did your business evolve? So, when the pandemic hit, um,
1: I was in my sixth year of running a travel PR agency. Um, I had a couple of lifestyle clients as well, Um, not fashion, but, you know, general sort of uh, e-commerce, but definitely not fashion. And, um, yeah, I was doing really, really well, Um, you know, had a bit of a team and, uh, you know, was winning uh, clients against London agencies. I'm based up in Harrogate in North Yorkshire. So I really felt I sort of got there. And I actually lost two clients um, before we'd even gone into lockdown in the UK because one was based in Italy and one was based out in the Far East. and I have to admit I started getting a bit twitchy. I was like, oh this isn't great um, And then pretty much within two weeks of the pandemic and us going into lockdown in the March, I'd lost maybe 85 percent of my business. and that was. I mean, obviously, from a financial point of view, horrific, um, but then also from a mental point of view, because I, you know, I built up that business, you know, a lot of these clients I'd launched from the beginning, you know, I'd been part of their team, and they were so worried about everything. And obviously, marketing and PR is always the first thing to go. Um, you know, it's a lovely thing to have, but it is the expense that has to go if something has to go. So, I had two clients that I was still working with um, and uh, I stopped for a little bit with one then picked up with another and it was sort of back and forth, back and forth. Um, And that was what, so the March, April. And then in the May, I just had this idea um, that, well, I'll be honest, I'd been targeted by a clothing brand in France, um, which I love and um, bought some pieces online and started wearing them, you know, putting them out in stories. And I'm definitely not an influencer personally. And, you know, a lot of my friends were like, I love that. Where did you get that? And, you know, it was sort of saying, oh, I got it from this place. And then they were a bit nervous because they didn't want to buy anything from them because the shipping was, you know, 15 euros for DHL which is obviously the thing that you do when you're losing your business you go spend money and especially 15 (laughs) euros but you know we were all kind of going a bit mad and you know um I just thought why not I had savings obviously but you know we were all online shopping and it was almost like therapy wasn't it um so um, absolutely but my friends didn't want to buy because they didn't want to pay the shipping and they didn't know how to return and I don't know I just sat on it I was like I could do this. I could sell French clothes. And prior to having a travel PR agency, I'd actually been in fashion PR. I'd worked in Paris. I'd lived in Paris for two years. I'd worked for a big fashion PR agency out there. So I'd like to think I do have some credentials um, when it comes to French fashion and how French women dress and their style from having lived over there and working over there. So um, I went back to my fashion roots and started looking into where could i source french clothing from and sort of went back to the old locations that i knew about from having lived there anyway i um yeah just sat on the idea and then my husband actually happens to be in retail himself he's a retail consultant um he's not involved in the business but obviously he has some experience and i just said to him look you know what to do with a spreadsheet and i know a little bit about marketing so why don't we give this a go and we had a holiday, which we booked in the January pre-COVID, which were meant to be going on in the December, but obviously due to pandemic, it wasn't going to happen. It was to the Caribbean. Oh, wow. And uh, actually I'd had very little maternity leave of my little girl, who's now actually four, um, but it was meant to be my non-maternity leave, white, sandy beach holiday that I'd been dreaming about, yes. you know. And I said to my husband, look, why don't we refund the holiday and put it into stock? um we've already paid the money that it's gone so we're kind of not losing anything we're not going on the holiday anyway and I was lucky he agreed um because it was his share as well um you know 50 50 and um so we did we refunded the holiday and put it all into stock bear in mind during that point I couldn't actually physically go to Paris I had to do it all virtually online uh create my first collection I did a little bit of um it's sort of well, obviously, digital with images and stuff, uh, creating in the collection and showing it to some friends to do some market research saying, What do you think of this? What do you think of this? to try and get some sort of feedback. Um, I worked on branding, obviously. I, I knew I wanted it to be a French girl's name. I've actually worked with about three Oralees, Um, And I just think it's such a lovely, pretty French girl's name. And uh, luckily, you know, it worked for the brand and it just kind of felt right. Everything with Aurelie since setting up has just happened very naturally, very organically. And it's just felt really right. I cannot explain it. It's the It's actually the weirdest feeling because obviously a lot of us, with imposter syndrome and i probably had it more with my travel pr agency than i did do now with Orin. it's very bizarre so that's why i'm like okay keep going (laughs) and um so yes we bought the first lot of stock and that arrived in september to launch for autumn winter and at the time um my husband being a consultant said please don't spend any money on anything so i used a free website with Shopify. I took selfies on my iPhone with me in the clothes, created an Instagram page and just literally got going and word of mouth spread. And I started generating a nice little following on Instagram and it was going really, really well. And yeah, basically it just sort of flew from there. And then um, in the September uh, I decided I'd, I've made enough money to justify being able to have proper models as I call them rather than me Mm -hmm. and I said to my husband look these clothes are selling people are interested I want to do this properly like I, I don't want to just take selfies online of me saying look what I've got today you know that it's not what I wanted to do for the brand you know um I've got the utmost respect to people that do do that um you've got to be on your top game to want to put clothes on and photograph yourself all the time but um I've always been behind a brand my whole career for 15 years so it felt very strange I mean I do front it obviously but I'm not a model you know I'm a size 10, five foot three I thought I was five foot four and I'm not five three um so um, and I do show myself because obviously it's good to see it on a you know a normal woman but obviously you know I wanted to do it properly I wanted to do Instagram uh properly the ads the PR so in the September I launched officially with a new website um, again just Shopify but I upgraded and actually had a template to work with rather than just a free website and um farm models and uh did shoots um and yeah then started a big PR campaign and we were very lucky to get picked up and be um featured on hello um gamma online and um I was interviewed by Lisa Armstrong at the Telegraph for a great big full page feature oh my shows, goodness
0: that's amazing um,
1: which was really amazing and it was literally like two days before Christmas and I packed orders from Guess seven in the morning till one in the morning, and they just kept coming in over Christmas. It was sort of all hands to deck to look after the family. <laughs> you know, grandparents were coming in, you know. It was just mad, mad. And I had people calling me, being like, "This is sold out. Can I get it?" I mean, having been a PR for fifteen years, obviously I know the power of PR, but it's different when you're not the physical client, and you you know you're not seeing orders going out or holidays being booked. So to see the power of what something like the Telegraph does is truly phenomenal, and, you know, I I can't thank Lisa Armstrong enough, like, you know, I kind of feel like that was my my platform to sort of bounce off and a lot's happened since then yeah. so you know and she's very pro-independent brand so you know she well and she actually got awarded an OBE at Christmas so you know she's she's highly respected and um, so I really really can't thank her enough.
0: Oh amazing Let, let's just rewind for a second she's <laughs> <is> amazing seriously <laughs> I'm like oh my god I mean or I mean you're a true entrepreneur I mean that is like entrepreneurial spirit a lot of people wouldn't have the guts to do what you've done and I just think the fact that you did it after you were knocked right down you built up your business for six years was it before that you were doing really really well that rug was pulled from under your feet completely overnight and you know a lot of people that I mean it crushes you you know it's not how you fall down is it it's how you get back up I think that really is well if if I'm really honest
1: Early became the coping mechanism it gave me something else to think about I'll be honest I genuinely didn't think I didn't think anyone would buy the clothes um, yes, you it know it's real risk it, it, was, it was it was just you know let's see what happens you yeah. know I, I had no idea and actually as I said I had a couple of clients towards the end and i just i decided to resign i went i'm gonna do this i'm gonna run with it um you know because obviously furlough didn't exist when you run your own business and if you've got you know you've lost most of your business but you've still got like one or two hanging on you can't furlough but you can't grow the business and yeah so it was just orally gave me something to focus on and do and i was so as you say passionate about it it it
0: became you know my my little driven driven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really get that because I was you know driven when I lost all my business overnight I was driven to create online courses and stuff and that kept me going and I think that kept me sane and I think all the work that I did on that has is paying off now so it's just about keeping going isn't it but I just wanted to talk to you as well about um you know the French so the French are obviously all of us the whole world looks to France and says wow French women are so stylish know we've got our own thing going here in Britain there's the show Emily in Paris is pretty huge as well I think that's sort of I was thinking about that when you said you were working in PR in
1: yeah well I I kind of was the real life Emily in Paris I arrived there at you know 22 and um loads of fake tan very English clothes um and you know I was sort of educated as to you know how to dress in a more French way and sort of ever since um I've sort of dressed that way in fact my husband my name's Lucy calls me calls it the luniform um (laughs) (laughs) um, you know and I obviously love all the French brands, you know, the original ones like Sandra and Maj and Claudie Pierlu and of course Suzanne you know, Rouge, um, you know, there's, there's, and obviously Isabelle Maron. I actually worked with Isabelle you know, I worked on her shows.
0: I love um, stuff.
1: So, um, yeah, and I'm just sort of obsessed with that way of dressing. Obviously, it's not for everyone, but, you know, hopefully with Aurélie, I can bring a bit of that and make what it, it feel the
0: Well, I just wanted to talk really about why why are how do the French dress differently to us? What is the difference? You know, because I feel like they are quite to me quite conservative. I mean, I admire their style and they always put together.
1: They are conservative. Um, I think the biggest thing is that they don't follow trends. You know how we are, and especially with you know the likes of Instagram now, like you know that's the next big trend or this trend that trend. They don't. They stay in their own lane, and you know they've got a definite. Sent way of dressing. There are different tribes within the French style and um, you definitely see that you know in Paris, there's different areas in Paris where they do dress differently. It's similar but it, there are slight tweaks to so then the south of France. Women in the south of France dress differently to the north but the weather's different so you know it's, it's dependent on you know where they're located. Um, but it's effortless, it's elegant, it's chic, it's understated. They tend not to wear that many bright colors. Although to be fair, Cezanne as a brand is, you know, they do a oh. lot of color um, and they're very vintage inspired, but that's a specific look in itself. It's very different to say the Claudie pierre Lou, and Sandra and Maj look, you know, and that's what I'm saying. There's there's a French look and there's a couple of them, but they are, you know, they are quite conservative. And, and feminine, you know, we've, you know, a lot of trends on Instagram at the moment are very minimalist. You know. French women do have, they like detailing. It might be subtle, but it could be like a little button, a little bit of, you know, embroidery on glaze, a bit of lace. Um, you know, but they they definitely have this sort of set uniform, whether it's autumn or winter. And they, have, they
0: have a uniform and we're more kind of grabbing the next trend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they, you know, they will have pieces in their wardrobe.
1: That they will pull out year after year and they might not wear it one year but they'll wear it five years later but it tends to you know it never goes out of style in the way that they dress and I think the difference is now and especially with quite a bit of the UK high street is you know that fast fashion and um you know it's the next trend which colours and season now you know um and it's go 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 go, go. and actually I think it's a lot slower the French way of dressing.
0: Yeah totally I mean I. I suppose their high street is very different to ours. I like, well, ours-
1: they pay more. Their high street is the expensive brands that we have here. So that, so when I was twenty-two, living in Paris, so I was there a couple of years, and the girls would say that, because obviously, you know, your income at twenty-two isn't huge. But they would buy the Sandro dresses. They would buy the Mage blouses. They would buy the Eero jacket. You know. Um, And they would save up and not have that many pieces in their wardrobe, but they would have really good quality. And that's the difference. It's about not having lots and lots of pieces. It's about having a few and really loving them. And that's kind of why with Orally, I don't have a massive range, you know, there aren't loads and loads of styles. And I mean, you know, at the moment I've got spring summer on there, but you know, if you want a blouse that you would wear all year round, they're also on there and I keep restocking them. You know, it's not about this season's blouse. You know, if I can get hold of them again and people like them, we keep going, you know, um, and yeah, yeah that's creating a collection. And that's what women, French women create their wardrobe and sort of have a curated collection of wardrobe. And that's what I'm trying to emulate already is that we are a collection. It's not, you know, yes, we've got summer pieces arriving, but you know, if I haven't, I'll be honest, you know if they don't all go this year, I'll still sell them next year because there will be other women out there that will want them. So, you know, it's I don't want any waste. Nothing is going to be going in the tip. You know, Um, I would give to charity. I gifted to I I sent some clothing to the women in Ukraine. I've got about a thousand pounds (laughs) worth. I mean, I'm a startup, so obviously I can't I can't afford lots. But I decided to donate something. But that's the only way that I won't be holding on to my stock unless, you know, women want to buy it
0: yeah I mean that's sort of the ultimate goal people say all the time I want that capsule wardrobe that elusive capsule wardrobe where I just have these key pieces that are just beautiful that I can wear again and again and not have an overstuffed wardrobe full of trends just things that are summer 22 clearly and then by the and that's t- what
1: you help people do you help
0: people yeah. do that don't you yeah to pet basically to pick out the things that are going to last and then to move on the things you know we're, we're talking about circular fashion now as well to put it back in so other people can get yeah. use from that and you know really that comes from as well to get that wardrobe to get to that goal is knowing what you really love knowing your style and I think the French they're that they're good at that yeah and like you say they don't chase trends yeah they're more kind of everything's pared down if they save the money to get that perfect blazer just get that really nice blazer don't buy two from zara that are subs i mean don't get me wrong i love zara yeah don't we all <laughs> we love a bit of zara. i do love a bit of zara but most of that is trend led although
1: i, I do f- i feel i don't know about you but I feel like sort of you know 10 years ago Zara was very different to how it is today I do think it's definitely a lot more trend-led it's you know I find, I find their website a bit difficult because it's all amazing campaign shots that looks like you're in an Instagram feed and I'm like oh I don't know what it actually looks like on <laughs> you know yes. um, but sizing. I do know that.
0: there's sizings all over the place I, yeah. I think as well
1: well interesting you should say that so well, obviously I'm I'm at the moment I'm curating the collection from French suppliers so you know I could be working I mean there's about sort of 600 that I could work with and I have to nitpick out what I want to. you know who I want to work with a in terms of quality um, and then b styling as well that works for the brand um, but then on top of that you know you can get things in and the sizing is so off so I'm trying to I'm sizing on real women. So it'll include me. I've got um, a lovely lady called Ali who's helping me a couple of days a week at the moment. You know, I'll size on her. I've got my mum, I've got my friends, so different shapes, figures, and then kind of base it on, I guess the closest would be something like a, I don't know, like a Marks and Spencer's or an and other stories, because their sizing tends to be more, you know, straight or Bowden, for example. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it is, and I try and be as clear as possible, like size up or size down you know within the copy with it on the website um because yeah I, I did have a bit of it's actually a bit of a funny joke that I have last year and um, I didn't end up selling them uh, and that's another thing I won't sell anything that isn't right um these shorts arrived gorgeous navy paper bag whiteboard like um, embroidered flowers on them and um no joke the small medium was a size six oh. I wasn't going over my thighs no. and- the medium large came to about an eight. I mean, I'm a 10, I could just about squeeze in, but it was really quite embarrassing. I mean, like, it would, they were way too small. So obviously I was like, well, that's not gonna work for the UK market, but for French women, French women are very slim. So yeah. it's about, you know, the French have a wonderful way of dressing, but it's about making it relevant to the UK market. So French women, for example, in the summer, tend to wear lovely dresses. They won't wear a bra because they might not need to, Whereas that's just not going to work for the UK market. You know, if we have backless dresses with a tie bow, that's just not going to work because where's your bra strap's going to go? So I am I look at things when I'm now in Paris, and i like, oh, that's lovely, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So, you know... Yeah, we're curvier, we the Brits. Exactly, and the, I think that's wonderful. I, I think curves are amazing. So therefore, it's about finding French clothes that yeah. will still work for our curvy, curvier English yeah. figures.
0: Yes, exactly. Oh, that's amazing. So how has your style, do you think, evolved? Do you think it was com- massively influenced by working in Paris? Do you think- oh,
1: definitely. I mean, I'd always, I mean, I, you know, I do love a Breton. Um, I have always loved that style of dressing, but then obviously going and living in Paris and working over there. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely impacted the way I dress. Um, I mean, when I arrived, yeah, I was very young. You know, I was early 20s. Yeah you know living in london partying too much you know it's it, that was a very different vibe yeah. you know just before the you know the the crash in 2008 so you know um whereas yeah they are definitely a lot more understated and effortless but they just look so cool you know like they they do,
0: they do exactly you know? i totally you know
1: it's it's put together they look put together
0: yes and that's when you know when my clients come to me I'll say to them what is your goal for your wardrobe they always say I want to look put together I mean the amount of times I've heard that I feel they always say I feel like I haven't got the right pieces in my wardrobe to create outfits it's a mishmash of different styles but I think unfortunately that's the way our high street kind of leads us to shop and also our culture you know so it's difficult but I'm definitely trying to buy more considered pieces and just have less in my wardrobe and it feels good when you wear most of the things in your wardrobe you
1: love it. it's, it's the Marie Kondo thing you know it does it, it what's it oh it joy enjoy, you know and yes. um, you want to put it on and go oh I love this or I feel you know however you want to feel whether you're wanting to feel elegant or pretty or a bit sexy do you know what I mean it's it's how it, whatever you want that piece to do you want to be able to put it on and go yes I feel good
0: I'm glad you said that, actually, because that's one of the things I teach in my How to Find Your Personal Style course and talk about a lot on this podcast, is if you're trying to find what your style is, write down adjectives about how you want to feel. Do you want to feel sexy? Do you want to feel polished? Do you want to feel pulled? You know, just try and describe, just write some words down. And if you want want to feel trendy, for example, then look to the more
1: directional Yes. Yeah, your brands you know if you want to just have or maybe take one or two key trends so I mean so for example this year I've got this lovely tiered dress that comes in navy and a lemon color now the lemon color has been quite a big trend but I put it into a really really simple garment which you could then wear year on year because it's a lemon colored I love the color dealer dress you know it's not yes it happens to be a trend color this year but that dress is a light color dress that you could bring out you know when the weather's nice here or on holiday year after year after year and yeah obviously I'm conscious that you know if I want you know I want to feature on you know any press things you know you can't be completely away from the trends, but it's having a nod to it, not following it completely, if that makes sense. And that's what the French brands do. That's what, you know, the likes of Sandro will do. They will have colors or prints and shapes that are fashionable, directional, trendy, but they'll do it in their own very chic, you know, way.
0: Yeah, in their way. So, do you have any bestsellers this season? Is anything- well,
1: that dress I was just talking that about, dress. which come, and comes and I would say the navy and the lemon have been just as popular as each other. Um, I mean, it's just a timeless dress. Um, you know, it's got a collar, it's it, you know, buttons down the front, and it's tiered. Really, really popular. Um, I also had a really lovely um, floral uh, liberty style print dress with long sleeves. That was really, really popular um yeah the blouses always sell well all the time mm-hmm. shirts you know classic shirts blouses yeah
0: I'm literally going to be signing on in a minute I'm just going to ask you the five questions the five quick fire questions then I'd like to ask where people can find you how they can find you on Instagram and your website as well so I'm asking my guests these five quick fire questions get my words put my teeth back in so Lucy what's your favorite film of all time can I be controversial
1: and say um, series rather than film? Because I never watch films now. Oh yes, Not go Netflix. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, the Ten Percent, These Person, which is the French program. And actually, the, the leads—well, all the women in that—that that is how French women dress. If you want to know how French women dress, that is how they dress.
0: So, temp- is that the one about um, the the yeah, ad agency? The yeah, they're agents, they're, they're
1: agents the, the celebrities. And they eat, eat, it actually features, you know, real French. I love that. Earth. I've watched it It's all. amazing. I love it. I want the
0: British one to have a series too, but I don't know if They is.
1: have, and it's not the same, but then I'm loyal to the... the yeah, it kind of felt... You know what? I'm, I'm going to stop now.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Okay, favourite band or music? Um, a band called Phoenix. Oh, I don't know them. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, and it's, uh, French, they're a French band and um, you can see I'm slightly a Francophile here yeah. um, and uh, the lead singer is married to Sofia
0: Coppola. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. okay, best piece of advice you've been given or, or a favourite quote? Uh, I think however many billion people
1: there are in the world,
0: not everybody's going to like you. So you be you. Love it. That's fantastic. What's your favourite self-care practice? Oh, dropped my phone. How do you wind down? Um, controversially, <laughs> I wind down by running. <laughs> Who are you? You're a runner. Yeah,
1: I'm a runner. I love running. It's my um, go-to. I, I stra- do you know what? Most of our
0: was strategised on runs during lockdown. There you go. I, I was a bit of a cliche as well. I was doing running till I tore my hamstring, but Ooh, a people. few people running in lockdown. I'm glad that brought you inspiration. That's amazing. And dress down or dress up? That's a tough
1: one. I think it's like I'm, I'm a sort of dressed down, but dressed up at the same time, if that makes sense.
0: Sort of elevated basics. Um, elevated casual. Yeah. I love that. That's how I like to dress. Definitely, I I don't
1: like. I'm not very good at getting dressed up. You know, someone says, you know, go buy occasion wear for a wedding. I'm actually not that great at that. I'm more about just the everyday and feeling, you know, good um, with what you wear every day. Exactly, but yeah, you know, events or dinners and where you're needing
0: special dresses, I kind of, oh, I don't know what to do. Any help? (laughs) Yeah, and that's one-off thing. But orally is that, isn't it? It's that sort of elevated. Where can people find you? So we have a website and it's uh, www.orally.co.uk
1: and it's also the same on Instagram which is oralee.co, at
0: orally.co.uk. Orally.co.uk. Thank you so much for joining me today Lucy, that was really interesting. Thank you so much for having me thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Do check out Lucy's website. She's got some gorgeous pieces on there, oralee.co.uk. Now we all like freebies, so I've got some freebies for you, some freestyle guides. If you just head to lisagilbystyle.com forward slash free, I've got a body shape guide there, lots of other guides, go and check that out. And don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you next time.